Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am so grateful you are here with me again this week. It is so hard to believe that this is the first week in August. I have no idea where time is going by, and it's going by so quickly. And if you've heard my other episodes, you've heard that I am getting ready to send my youngest daughter, Bailey, off to college. And after that, I'm going to be an empty nester. And while there's an exciting new chapter ahead for my husband and I, just I'm not ready to see my baby leave the nest. And so this year seems to be going really too quickly for me because I'm counting down the weeks until we take her off to school. And speaking of this year going by so quickly, it's hard to believe that on September 20th is going to be our last Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab for 2021. We're already talking about dates in January for our next leadership lab in 2022. But if you don't want to miss out on the very last 12-week group coaching program called Women Leading Powerfully, the Leadership Lab, then please reach out to me at natalieatcorecreationcoaching.com and let's have a conversation about whether or not the Leadership Lab is a good fit for you. It tends to be a good fit for someone who is feeling stuck in their career in some way, shape, or form, or even in their personal life. And they're really looking to get clarity about what's next for them. So that could be, how do I get clarity on what I need to do to get promoted? How do I get clarity about even what do I want to do next? Or it can be getting the clarity that you need to stop feeling burned out and exhausted. I know so many women and men for that matter, are just clearly burned out because of COVID. And I know school is starting to go back into session. So there's no better time to focus in on you and to invest in you. Because if you're not willing to invest in you, then who should be willing to invest in you? The program is transformational and you can head over to www.womenleadingpowerfully.com. Scroll down to the end of the page and you can watch a lot of video testimonials from people that have been through the program. It's amazing. Lori and I are so excited to be offering this program. And so don't delay because it is the last program of the year. And we would love to have you join us. So one of the things that women love about the program we offer is that we carefully curate the community within the program. And we do that for a couple of reasons. We really want that diversity, that cognitive diversity. We want industry diversity. We want ethnic diversity. And we really do our best to achieve all of those within the group. And it's one of the benefits that women say they love about the group is that they have all these diverse women to bounce things off of and to get different perspectives from. And as we transition into the topic today, do you ever notice that, you know, in your private life or even in your work, life, that you tend to surround yourself with people that think like you do or act like you do, which if you're an extrovert, you can most commonly surround yourself with other extroverts. And if you do that and you're not really aware or cognizant of the introverts in the room and that they have an amazing opinion to share, but you're not necessarily seeking that out, you're really doing yourself and your team a disservice. 
And likewise, if you're an introvert and you're on a team that's a mixed team of introverts and extroverts, or you're an introvert leading a team of mostly extroverts or a mixed team, there's also the opportunity for you to understand how to connect with the extroverts. And that's exactly what my next guest is going to help us understand. I'm excited to introduce you to Antoinette Griffin. She's a John Maxwell executive coach and a speaker. She is on the faculty with the John Maxwell team, and she's also an instructor at the University of Texas's Center for Professional Education. And she specializes in leadership, in communication, in confidence, which her and I have all that in common together, which I love, and it's why I wanted to have her on the show. And I'm bringing her on today to specifically talk about her expertise in working with introverts. So she has a lot of experience in this area. So I thought it would be valuable for her to come on the show and talk about the four leadership strengths of introverts. She has so much great value to share, and I can't wait to dive into the episode. So let's get started. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Antoinette, I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Natalie. I was looking forward to this so much this week. Thank you. Uh, me too. Me too. Well, I would love if you would just dive in and share a little bit with my audience about you and your career history. Oh, yes. Thank you. So I have recently developed a tagline for myself, and that is formerly shy, forever introverted. So I actually grew up in Austin, Texas. Um, was extremely shy, insecure growing up, and, and then even after college and in my professional career as well. So really had some interesting leadership lessons along the way because of my shyness and, and insecurities. And just kept kind of pushing myself out of my comfort zone of to really take those risks, but to do it in increments so where it wouldn't be so scary. Sure. Um, ended up going to uh, University of Texas, working there in Austin in the corporate world, uh, first government and then corporate. And then my husband and I started a business um, back in 99, um, which we had for 17 years. So um, we have actually been business partners almost all of our marriage. That's incredible. And after we sold that business, um, ever since then, and even before we sold that one, I became certified with uh, John Maxwell and I'm a certified executive coach, speaker, and trainer, and have been doing that full time since we sold our business back in 2017. And so, really, I'm loving what I do. We moved to Atlanta a month before the pandemic. So, I am basically finding my way here as far as uh, not only geographically, but um, in networking and just getting involved in the community as well. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your background. You know, I have 
Um, I self-identify as an extrovert, although I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But it's interesting because I do have a lot of friends who are introverts. And I'm curious to know, as an introvert, um, how has it been for you during the pandemic? Because a lot of my introvert friends are like, this has been the greatest thing ever. So I'm curious to kind of know your experience during the pandemic. Oh, that's a great question. And you know, there's kind of different, you know, not not all extroverts are the same, as you know, and not all introverts are the same. So there's some introverts that, yeah, totally, you know, love that solitude and not having no expectation of getting out there. Um, I happen to be an introvert with FOMO, fear of missing out. (laughs) So when I moved here, I thought, okay, I'm going to kind of just recreate myself as far as really getting involved in the community and and really taking the initiative to get out there and meet people. So it was a little um, unsettling to not be able to do that. And even this year, now that I'm going, okay, I've lived here for over a year and I'm just now getting out, but I'm realizing everybody else is just now getting out too. Yeah. So um, I actually like getting out and meeting people. Um, I love to initiate with people. Um, It's just that as an introvert, when I'm done, I'm done. And so let me take my own car because when I'm ready to go home, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. So I love that you share that. Um, because I would love to just talk about that. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about, you know, what an extrovert is, what an introvert is. And so I would love for you just to share from your perspective, what are some of the misconceptions about introverts? Well, misconceptions are that they're aloof, um, that they don't like people, that they're rude, that they're extremely antisocial. Um, just basically a lot of negativity. And of course, it's quiet. I mean, that's a given um, and observed and that's a given as well. But there's, like I said, so many different spectrums of introverts and most introverts. It's not that they dislike people. It's just that, you know, of course, we get our energy from we recharge from being alone, whereas extroverts get their energy and recharge from being with others. But just as there's so many different kinds of introverts, there's so many um, different kinds of extroverts as well. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point that I learned as I was going through my Myers-Briggs training, as well as my DISC training. But Patrick, who was on the show earlier talking about Myers-Briggs, he's the one that really honed in on this message for me, which was a learning moment of, I did think that there were kind of a lot of differences and this was my own unconscious bias, right? I personally thought there was a lot of differences between extroverts and introverts. And really what he boiled it down to is it's just where you derive your energy from. An extrovert, an extrovert really derives their energy from being with people. They get filled up. They're not, they're not kind of spent at the at the end of the day. They're filled up with that. And like you said, you're like, hey, I want to be in my car on the way home. Like how you get your energy is that solitude and that quiet and that downtime. And I thought that was so interesting. And again, that doesn't apply to everyone. But I, when he kind of boiled it down to that, it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, like for instance, my husband John. So he's more extroverted than me, but yet he will tell people, he says, okay, like we're walking in a room full of strangers, me, the introvert, I'll go up and I'll meet people and I'll work the room. Whereas he's more hesitant with that. 
But when, you know, we've been there a while, I'm like, I'm ready to leave. And he's going on and on for hours and hours and hours. So you're right. It's the whole energy thing. I get energy from it in short bursts. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And I recently found out through that Myers-Briggs program where I was getting my certification, we had to go through the process ourselves, found out that I'm an intimate extrovert, which I never had words to describe, but people would say to me, oh, you're such an extrovert. And inside, I never really resonated with it because I thought, yeah, I I do feel like an expert extrovert. I love meeting with people, but I'm the person that goes to the party and I love the energy of being with people, but I'm the person, instead of saying hi to all 50 people that are there and having a conversation with everyone, I'll find you at the party and I'll have a conversation with you and your husband all night long. Like I, I like that intimacy of the connection and there was never words that I could ever find to understand that until I heard I'm an intimate extrovert. And I, all of a sudden I was like, yes, that's me. And I finally found the word that describes who I am. So I didn't mean to derail and, and kind of go off on a tangent, but I thought it was just interesting that I had that awareness and I wanted to share it uh, with everyone. So, Well, who wouldn't want to be called an intimate extrovert? <laughs> <laughs> that right? And I totally see that because when you and I had our conversation, you know, not knowing each other personally, yeah. I was surprised when you told me your disc style, which is the I style, that outgoing style, because I did feel so um, connected with you in that one-on-one uh, immediately. And so I totally get that. Uh, well, thank you. I felt the same way. And I'm so glad you're here today. So We'd love for you to share, you know, along the way throughout your career journey in your corporate life and your entrepreneurial life. And then now as a coach, what leadership lessons have you learned along the way being an introvert? Well, one of the big lessons for me was back when I, and I tell this story because a lot of people I think can relate to this story. So my first manager position was in city government. And I thought I was doing a great job. And I I was getting more out of my shyness and my social awkwardness by that point because I had been in the workforce for quite a while and um, just thought I was doing an absolute wonderful job. And our department decided to do a supervisor survey where all the supervisors and all the managers were um, rated by their staff. And I was so confident that I was such a great manager that I helped come up with these survey questions. Sure. And so imagine my results when I we all get our survey results and I am looking at my results and I am the second lowest in the whole department. Oh. I mean, staff just blasted me and I was just devastated. I was embarrassed. And so I went to the director and I said, you know, what can I do? What can I do to be a better manager? And he just looked at me and he asked me one question. I'll always remember. He said, have you asked your staff what you can do to be a better manager? And I said, well, no. And I'm thinking, well, that would be really embarrassing and awkward. (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking, well, okay, I'm going to go do it. And so go back to my staff, have this meeting. And I said, you know, I know that I didn't rate well in some of these areas. Can you tell me, can you give me some feedback? What can I do better? And they just all sat there. 
And then finally they started chirping up and, and telling me, you know, well, could you at least ask us how our weekend was? Could you at least um, come talk to us rather than send us an email when your office is right down the hall? And I'm thinking, well, it's more efficient. <laughs> Why would I want to go to your office when I can just send you an email? And then another question would be, you know, like, well, did once again, you know, how was your weekend? And I'm thinking, well, I don't really care about your weekend. We're here to work. We're here to do a good job. <laughs> right. So you get the message. So yeah. it was all about not only was I introverted or still am introverted, but I was very and am very task oriented. Sure. So I rem- still have to remind myself of that is that, you know, most people out there are more people oriented than task oriented. And so I still have to be really, really intentional about that. And then also, you know, that the whole, like you said, the misconceptions of introverts, you know, so as an introverted leader, you can come across as unapproachable, you can come across as unfriendly, you know, don't ask me questions. You have to come to me for the questions because I'm not going to go out there and initiate with you because I'd rather be working by myself. So all of those have really helped in my leadership journey. But, you know, I kind of, in a way, it's like, sometimes I still fail. I mean, there are still days when I go, you know what? I totally failed at this. So even though I know these things, I'm still not perfect by any means. I just have, I try so hard to be intentional about it. Yeah. Well, I love that you shared that story because I think there's so many of us that can relate in different ways to what you shared. So I, I appreciate you being open and honest about that. Because I, I think there's all there's always opportunities that we come across as leaders where we get specific feedback and we have a choice about what to do with it, right? You could have been angry, you could have felt victimized, you could have bl- you know blamed your team. But I love what you shared in terms of you took that, you you use it as an opportunity to flex your leadership style to really check in with your your team and to make an intentional choice to move forward, which. I absolutely love. And that's really the whole point, right? Of feedback is it's it's a gift and um, it's an opportunity for us to learn and grow. So I, I love that you shared that. And I would also love for you to share, what do you think are introverted leaders' natural strengths? Because we, we you spoke about some of kind of the, maybe the shadow sides of introversion, right? And some of the things that can get in the way. But what do you think are some of the natural strengths of introverted leaders? I think introverts, introverted leaders and introverts in general, you know, number one are great listeners, overall great listeners because they are thinking a lot. And so they're not feeling like they're always having to verbally express themselves. So who doesn't want to be listened to? You know, and that's, that's, great leadership strength is to be that listener. And then also they're so good at the one-on-one. And once again, who doesn't want to have that one-on-one time with their leader, that full attention um, to be able to to give them that full attention on the the one-on-one. So that's another um, strength. And then also introverts don't necessarily like the limelight. So they're more apt to give the kudos to their team and recognize their team. And then um, lastly, the introvert is not going to make rash decisions because they do think so much. They're going to really think 
through things before they make a decision. So sometimes it seems like, oh my gosh, it's taken this person forever to make a decision. But once they've made it, it's probably pretty foolproof because they've thought it through. And on the flip side, not to say that extroverts can't be good at those things too, but just like introverts have to be more intentional about certain things, extroverts have to be more intentional about listening, about sharing the spotlight. They can do it and they can do it well. It's just not the way they're naturally wired. So they can get really good at it, but they have to be intentional about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing those four those four strengths because I think they're so important for all of us to understand and for my introverts that are listening, you know, hopefully they can say yes, those are my strengths. And for the extroverts that are listening, I'm curious if you can share what are you know, how can extroverts communicate better with introverts? How can we kind of bridge the gap? Well, I think one of the biggest things is realizing that extroverts like yourself like to speak to think. So, you know, if I were to ask you a question, Natalie, if I were to ask you your ideas on something, you'd go, well, da, 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 and you would just, you know, start thinking out loud. And you would love that. You probably love brainstorming. You probably love ideas and sharing things out loud. Whereas the introvert thinks to speak. So the introvert likes to have all those same thoughts and ideas, but silently before they voice them out loud. So I, I think that's one of the, the best things that extroverts can do when they're really trying to bridge that gap to introverts is to not put the introvert on the spot um, because the introvert does like to think to speak. So what do you do in that situation? So if I'm a leader and I've got a team of people there and I know Mike is the extrovert and I know Betsy is the introvert, then I'm going to call first on Mike, but I'm going to say, Mike, I'm going to call on you and Betsy, you're next. And then that gives Betsy the chance to go, okay, I'm going to be called on to give my ideas, but she's got some time to start thinking about her answer. I love that example. That's great. I think another thing is it's it's easier for extroverts to slow down than it is for introverts to keep up. It's really interesting because in one of the classes that I teach, there was um, it's it's a class for introverts, but occasionally there'll be an extrovert that will come to the class because they want to better understand introverts. And so this one introvert in the class, I loved how he described it. He said, it's kind of like when you're walking with somebody who's walking faster than you, you're trying to keep up with them, but it gets really tiring to try to keep up with them. Whereas, you know, so that's the introvert, you know, walking slowly, trying to keep up with the extrovert. And the extrovert, even though they may feel like, oh my gosh, it's taken forever. Still, it's it's easier for the extrovert to slow down than the introvert to speed up. Mm-hmm. I I love that, and I never thought about it in in that way before. So, and I'm so visual. So, I love that you just shared that. Also, you know, one of the things I learned from, like I said, my Myers Briggs and my DIS training is the, going back to this time to process. Is as a leader, you know, I would quickly 
jump into a meeting and just say, okay, let's, like you said, let's brainstorm. Let's talk about this, right? And one of the things I learned is that if you do have, inevitably you do, you have part of your team that is introverts. Um, it's helpful to send out an agenda ahead of time. So people know what to expect. Your extroverts can kind of go with the flow. It's not really a big deal. But send out an agenda a night before, two days before, so they can plan in advance for what they're going to share and what their input is going to be, right? Um, and I, that was so basic, and but such an eye-opener for me of like, oh, yeah, that I could see why that would be important. And I think for me, learning about introverts was just, I had this huge oh, aha moment as I was standing in my training of, and it sounds so basic and so ridiculous, but like, oh, everyone doesn't think like me. And it was just that awareness of like, oh, people do things differently. I remember we got put into two different groups around how we would plan and attend a party. And I was I, I was completely shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought everyone would do it my way, right? <laughs> and I don't say that arrogantly. It's just like, that's how kind of naive I was about you know, the introverts were talking about when they go to a party, like there's kind of a lot of rumination ahead of time and a little bit of anxiety. And then when they get to the party, one person was saying that they would go to the very end of the party, like start at the furthest point, talk to everyone, work their way to the front door and then leave. <laughs> and it was like so interesting to me because they really just, they wanted to kind of check the box that they had shown up and they wanted to, you know, make sure that the host or hostess knew that they were there. But their whole goal was like, kind of how do I, and of course, I'm using one person's experience. I'm not generalizing about introverts. But I just thought it was so interesting because I'm like, oh my gosh, I would never approach it that way. And what it made me realize is whether we're talking about introversion, extroversion, whether we're talking about cultural diversity, whether we're talking about cognitive diversity, there's so much out there that we have a lens on through our own lens and we look at things our own way and we don't always have the insight or the awareness that other people approach things differently. And it was really this aha moment for me. Yeah, it is. And um, I know you shared with me that your husband's introverted. He is. Yeah. And I'm married to an extrovert um, as far as on the disc scale, although he's not super extroverted. But, um, but it's interesting because, you know, even though we know all this stuff, even in our closest relationships, right, we forget. It's like, oh, that's right. You're wired differently than me. Yeah. You know, I'm the kind of person, if I have a disagreement with my husband, which we don't very often, luckily, but if we do, I'm like, well, let's talk about it. Let's get it resolved. Like, let's fix it now. Right. I want to talk about it. And he's like, I need a minute. And I'm like, wait, what? Why, why do you need a minute? why do you want to talk about it tomorrow? No, we're talking about it right now. And so I've had to learn that he just needs time to process it. And he needs a moment to kind of regroup and to think about it. And um, so I've, I've learned to give him that space. And, and I didn't know that before until we had that conversation. When I asked him, like, why is like, why do you need that time? I don't understand. Like, I just want to resolve it right now. And he's like, I need time to think about it. I need time to get my thoughts together. So um, it is interesting in the in your personal relationships and friendships how introversion and extroversion plays out. It is, and I think that the thing that we need to all remember, because so many people are are married or have a close relationship with somebody wired differently than them, that 
we are most comfortable around those people. So it's easy to not be intentional. You know, it's, it's easier to be intentional around those people that we're working with that are wired differently than our spouses and our families and our children that are wired, dif- that are wired differently because we're so relaxed. But to remember, we owe them that same respect um, to be able to be, or I shouldn't say be able, but to be mindful of being. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, and maybe one thing that you can shed some light on is, can you talk about the difference between shyness and introversion? So I'm curious about it. And I know you have, we've, we talked about it before this. So I'm curious to know if you would share that with my audience. Yeah, a lot of people will use the term introverted, because that's kind of the cool term for these days. In fact, um, this class that I teach at University of Texas, it used to be called getting past shy. And not a lot of people would sign up for this class. And I met with um, the staff at UT and they said, you know, we really, we really like this class, but we think about, we want to think about changing the name. So we changed it to um, communication strategies for introverts. And now it's like this popular class because we changed the name. But one of the things that I talk about in the class is, you know, you signed up for this because you're introverted, but are you also shy? And people aren't really sure or they go, oh, well, no, I'm not shy because that sounds, you know, weak or, you know, timid or anything like that. So really the the difference in the two is we talked about introversion. That's the way you're naturally wired. It's where you get your energy from. Um, you like to think, to speak. You're more reserved. And it's really this internal wiring. Shyness, on the other hand, is really a fear of social judgment. So it's those feelings of self-consciousness. So for instance, if I'm in the grocery store and I see my neighbor on an aisle, if I'm a shy person and introverted or shy and extroverted, whatever, but if I have shyness in me, I see that neighbor and I may think, oh, this may feel awkward. What if my, what if I approach them and they think I'm weird? Or what if I don't know what to say? Or what if uh, they don't remember me? And your mind kind of starts playing all these games. And for some people, it's like a lot of games. And for other people, it may just be one or two thoughts that they're like, oh, this is easier. This feels more comfortable to not sure. uh, go on that aisle with my neighbor. Versus if it's, your introversion and you're at the grocery store after a long day and you're ready to recharge by yourself and you see your neighbor on the other aisle and you don't have any of those feelings of, of um, anxiety or awkwardness, but you're just going, there's my neighbor, but I am like really not feeling like talking to anybody. I'm just totally done. That's pure introversion. So a lot of introverts are shy. But it's certainly applicable for some introverts to not be shy. Like I said, I used to be both. I'm not shy anymore, but I'm still introverted. Yeah, I think that's so powerful that you describe the difference, right? Because I think I think they can be uh, conflated. And I think it's important to distinguish them exactly like what you're saying. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, some of the greatest leaders have been introverts. I mean, you look at Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Mark Zuckerberg, Marissa Mayer, Elon Musk. They're all introverts and they have, you know, huge companies and wildly successful. 
And so I'm curious from your perspective, because, you know, I have read research that as you go up the ladder, more senior level executives and more C-suite executives are extroverts. Mike, I'm curious to know, how do you give tips for an introvert to basically manage through a culture that supports extroversion and leadership? Well, a lot of times, and that's very insightful um, for you to point that out. A, a lot of times it is because people are promote, hired and then promoted because of their expertise. And so they haven't had to get up in front of people before. They haven't had to interact and communicate and, and you know, resolve um, staff issues or get in there and help establish trust in an organization or things like that that really require the relational aspects of it. Um, so I think in that kind of situation, number one, it's being intentional, knowing that, yeah, this is not in my natural wiring, but this the role is going to call for it. So I have to step up to the plate and do it. I remember one of my um, one of my old churches in Texas, there was um, a guy who was on staff there that just, you know, seemed really like detached from the you know, visitors or people that would, you know, that he didn't know well that would speak to him. And I talked to somebody else there and they said, oh, well, he's really shy. And I didn't say anything, but I thought, you know what, in your position, or she said, he's really introverted. He's really introverted. She didn't say shy. She said, he's really introverted. And I thought, in your position, who cares? I don't care if you're introverted. You know, you're in a position that requires you to get out of your comfort zone and you're in a position that requires you to talk. And yeah, you can go re-energize, but you need to be on. Yeah. Because uh, you just can't wear the sign going, well, I'm introverted. And this is just the way I am. Right. But I, the other thing is hiring a coach, you know, because that you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. So true. It's so true. And how do you help your clients who, you know, are introverted? How do you kind of help them through the success journey of that personal awareness and and helping them to succeed maybe in those difficult environments where it's not, you know, they're trying to get ahead, but culturally it's just maybe different than um, it's not conducive to their introversion. So how do you, what are some of the things that you can help them with as a coach? Because I agree with you. I think coaching and personal awareness are such a huge piece of this particular puzzle. Yeah. So a lot of it comes down to nonverbal. And, um, and one of the things that I do, you probably do too, is do a lot of coaching via Zoom. So, you know, you're able to read body language and give the person, you know, their, your, your assessment of how they're coming across, um, nonverbally. But then it also, it really is a matter of chunking it down. You know, for instance, okay, you know, who are you wanting to better connect with? And then specifically, if you know that person's style, like you, Natalie, are just certified. So you would be able to, you know, do those assessments on your leader's um, staff to be able to say, okay, Betsy, let's look at her natural wiring. So how do you think it would be best to connect with Betsy? What are some ways that you could best connect with her by adapting your introverted style to meet hers? And then it's all a matter of just chunking it down, you know, rather than just, well, I would go, I, I guess I could go talk to her. Well, what, what would you say? You know, what, so 
then then what would you say after that? Because a lot of times, I shouldn't say a lot of times, I should say every introvert I've ever talked to, including myself, hates small talk. And so we tend to think that it's useless and it really is a necessity. Um, so a lot of it, like I said, is working with clients to really chunk it down. Okay, what does this look like? Um, because it's one of those things that, like you said, it sounds basic, but it's really something that you've got to really narrow down to, to come up with a plan. And introverts love a plan, you know, mm-hmm. or just, oh, okay, yeah, I think I'll, when I see this person, I think I'll do this for the moment. It is all about planning and preparing for the things that look so easy for everybody else. Yeah. So preparing small talk questions, you know, preparing. I was talking to a client yesterday about, you know, okay, you're driving. You're going to drive to this meeting. Who are you going to see there? What are you going to say? And preparing for that ahead of time. I have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that you mentioned the body language because that was also something that came out of my training that I was unaware of. So, you know, in pre- in my previous corporate job, I would sit in front of the room sharing my, you know, my business plan for the year, whatever it was. And I would see people in the audience like with their arms crossed or leaning back or looking away, like looking up. And I always took that as they're not interested, you know, that's how a traditional extrovert would take that as, you know, they're not interested, they're bored, right? Because some of the body language of introverts can be a turnoff to extroverts because they don't, because the extroverts don't understand. And I think that was one of the awarenesses that I got is, you know, ask questions to engage them to say, you know, hey, what are you thinking about? And they might say, well, you know, I was thinking about the plan. I was thinking about how these things connect right? Because what they're doing is they're processing, they're thinking. And so I think it's kind of this two-way street, right? I think, you know, we talk a lot in in corporate culture nowadays about inclusivity. I think it's also inclusivity with introverts and extroverts. You know, introverts need to know and be aware of how their body language might be perceived. And then on the opposite end, I think the extroverts need to understand and not make assumptions of what that body language means. Because I know I was doing that until I understood like, oh, they're in thinking mode. They need to look away to just have or close their eyes. You know, they're not sleeping. They're not bored. They're literally just sitting there thinking about how all of these things are connected and they're solving the problem in their mind and coming up with a solution so they can have that input into the meeting. So I think there is this bridge that needs to be done. You know, introverts need to lean in and understand how they're being perceived. But I also think the extroverts need to bridge the gap and ask more questions and be more inquisitive and come from a place of curiosity instead of, you know, instant judgment, right? Yes. Yeah. It's interesting um, because Susan Payne talks about in her book, Quiet on, on Introverts. She says it's, Introverts have no idea how hurtful their silence can be to extroverts. And and the interesting thing about, like you said, the facial expressions, um, you also have your shy individual who, when they're nervous or uncomfortable, they get the same negative expression on their face because they're nervous. So it's not, may, may even not be that they're thinking, but it's because they're feeling self-conscious or they're feeling nervous. So 
they look the same as the introvert who's there thinking in their head, but theirs is coming from a different place. It's coming from this nervousness and comfortableness. Yeah, perfect. I love that. So I talk a lot on my podcast about turning insights into action. We've talked a lot about, you know, a lot today about introverts and the strengths that they have as leaders, how they can operate in a culture that is, you know, very much oftentimes um, predicated on success for extroverts. And I love all the stories you've shared. What is one insight that you have for my audience that you'd like my listeners to put into action today or this week? So I think if you're, if you consider yourself extroverted, I think the whole idea is like you said yourself, Natalie, and that is really becoming curious with introverts and understanding just that they're wired differently. Um, they really do like more of that deep conversation. So getting to a point to really get that deep conversation and really becoming good listeners to them but warming them up to the point where they do feel comfortable talking because you don't want to ask them to spill their life story and they're going, who are you? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, And then for introverts to understand the extroverts need for that talk for, you know, for instance, the extroverts need for that conversation and how, when you're in like that work environment, you're going, you know, I really don't care about your personal life. We're here to do a job. You know, how hurtful that is to someone who is more relational and is more outgoing that, that, that does consider that those kind of topics important because they're important to them. Right, right. So important. So important. Any last words of wisdom before we close out our conversation today? Wow, I love, love, love talking about this kind of stuff. And I'm still on a learning journey as well. Um, I actually did my latest YouTube video was on uh, body language and um, video calls. So we were talking about body language. So there you go. Yes. And I highly suggest everyone go check out Antoinette's YouTube channel. We'll have the link in the show notes. Um, she has some great tips for leaders and introverts. And I, I love your YouTube page. I, I went and checked it out myself prior to the interview and it's great. You, you have some great tips on there. So thank you for being here today. I've enjoyed the conversation. I've enjoyed getting to know you and it's just been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Natalie. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.